over the next few minutes, we're going to talk about what to do if your 11-year-old son puts his fingers in his ears. Na, 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 na. Every time you want to talk about puberty, body odor, or pubic hair, let's go. And welcome back to Sitting in a Car. I'm Sarah Sproul, and I sit in a car with you each week, answering a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. And the answer to this week's question comes from the Courage Pillar. Now, it's one of my favorite pillars inside the Evolve Family Method. And you might know by now that there are 16 different sort of strategy templates that we have inside that pillar. Uh, today, we are going to focus on one or two of them just because there is no point overwhelming you with information that is not useful. I've learned that over the years of doing things that the way to build, get progress with things like this is not to give you lots of information to be, but to give you a small snapshot of what can be possible. So what you may be doing if you have the same situation at home, which is the fingers in the ears, um, not wanting to talk about puberty, is you might actually stop talking because you don't want to push your child away or damage the connection you have with them. I mean, they're already starting to go through puberty and so you might be unsure or worried about how to um, protect the connection that you already have. Your mind might go to some of the stories you've heard about teenagers who don't want to talk to their parents anymore and um, get into shouting matches uh, and you don't want that. And so you are stepping back from this and wondering what are you doing wrong and you are trying to work out, well, how do I move forward? And you know what? That response, that physical drawing back makes absolute sense when you're in a situation like this because um, most of us have not been taught how to have conversations about sensitive things in a way that builds connection, right? So we might have been, we might have heard uh, recommendations like kids need more information, um, you need to remain calm. You may actually remember um, having a maybe no conversations with the adults that were raising you and then puberty was happening and you were just wondering what the actual is going on with this body and you just didn't have enough support and you don't want that for your child so you're um, starting conversations. It would make sense, right? But the difficulty is that it's not about connection and that's probably why you're listening to sitting in a car. So um, when we try and have a conversation and our young person puts their fingers in their ears or we are stepping back from conversations because we're anxious about how our connection is going to be impacted and maybe damaged by talking about sensitive things. That is a surefire sign that the courageous tongue-tied parent effect is coming into play um, because courageously we are looking to do something different for our young person than what we had but our skills are keeping us tongue-tied because we don't have the additional support needed to make these conversations connecting. So if you would like to build your evolved communicating family um, and have sensitive conversations that actually build deeper connection and move you closer, then um, let's stay focused on this topic about um, conversations about puberty and blocking um, our teen blocking their ears. Step one, it's apology time. And sometimes I talk about apologies and sitting in a car and I always feel a bit apologetic for doing it like, sorry about this, but we need to talk about apologies because they are countercultural 
a lot of the time in parenting, particularly if we are following sort of the traditional parenting methods that maybe we were raised within. So an apology for this part of this experience would look something like, I need to apologize to you. I realize that I've been trying to have conversations with you um, that make you feel awkward and you don't want to have them. And I'm sorry that um, I wasn't respecting your needs. Okay, so you might be hearing me say that and you're a bit like, what? That doesn't sound right because my kid needs information. I need to talk to him about this. And yes, that's absolutely right. But we do need to start with taking responsibility for what's been happening up till now. And we're doing that, remember, because we're working inside the evolved family method and connection is our aim. If information was our aim, you could talk at him about whatever you wanted to with his fingers in his ears but that's not the aim of the game here is it it's about building connection with conversations like this so apology is a good first step the second step though is to acknowledge that two truths can exist in the same space in the same time so one of the truths is that he does not want to have these conversations with you they make him feel awkward and icky and it's just just plain wrong He's probably got a lot of active squick factor going on there. So that's just part of his development. So that's one truth. The second truth though is he needs information. He needs support. He needs guidance. Absolutely fundamentally the case. So you've got this situation where you've got two competing seemingly opposite truths. And um, we don't dismiss the fact that he needs his... Um, his feelings to be respected and we don't dismiss the fact that you want to and need to show up for him at the age he is and stand by his side as he's entering puberty and all the stuff that that brings up so we have been brought up in a culture we live in a culture where often this idea that um, it's either or it's either his feelings or it's your need to have conversations and stay connected rather than this lovely and exciting idea of both and he both he feels anxious and awkward and he wants you to stop talking and at the same time you need to have conversations about sensitive stuff so this is the starting point for then what do we do next point three Inside the Evolve Family Method, we have a strategy called the FMA, the Family Meeting Agenda. And it is a structure that you can go through to start having conversations about two competing needs or two competing truths, right? So the Family Meeting Agenda is designed to get you both sitting down or walking the dog or whatever it is, um, and both being open and both having the same responsibility or the same buy-in or this, that, that each adult and each child's um, input into the process of the FMA is valid, okay? So it's not that because you're the adult and the parent, what you say goes. It's much more about we are coming into a collaborative place and collaboration is one of the reasons why the Evolved Family Method is um, so successful on building connection because we are eliminating the traditional sort of hierarchical authoritarian parenting model 
moving that to the side and instead fostering collaboration so children learn that their opinions and their feelings are valid and taken into account and that we believe and uh, are willing to work with some of the solutions they can come up with to, to solve family problems, right? So the FMA or the Family Meeting Agenda starts off with, we'll go through the steps here quickly, um, stating the problem from both sides. So you have a problem and he has a problem. Probably best to start off with his problem, really acknowledging that and making sure he feels absolutely heard. And then you state your problem, which is, I'm the adult, I'm responsible for your health and safety and well-being, and I need to know that you have the information and support you need about puberty. Okay, and then you would call a meeting. Now, I love using the word meeting, uh, particularly when my kids were small. Um, if one of us was home with them and um, the kids would say, you know, where's mum, where's dad? And we said, oh, they're in a meeting. They'll be home in about half an hour. The kids go, all right, a meeting. So they knew meetings, meetings happened. And usually you couldn't answer the phone when there was a meeting happening. And um, that was okay. And so we used that word because it was, it had cultural relevance in our family. Uh, so now we bring it into the family meeting. Uh, we need to have a family meeting. It's important that everyone's um, views are heard and we can come up with a solution that works for everyone, right? So time to call a family meeting once uh, everyone knows what the problem is from all sides, right? So state the problem from all sides, call a family meeting, gather ideas about the problem. So traditionally this would have been called brainstorming, but essentially what you're doing is putting everyone's ideas onto paper, depending on what age your child is. An 11 year old, you can write words, but um, choose someone to do the writing. They could draw pictures or whatever it is. And everyone's ideas get put on this paper. No judgment, no shame, no um, smarmy comments about, oh, that won't work. None of that. We are just putting everything down on paper. And then we have an opportunity to go through it all and work out, okay, well, what's practical? What do we have the resources to use here for these solutions? And then select a solution, implement it over time. Next week, review it and see what happened. And if it's not working for everyone, we go back and we start the process again, go back to those notes that you took and we're going, okay, well, that one didn't work. So let's cross that one off and let's try something new. And that everyone has buy-in. And if it doesn't work for everyone, then it's not a solution. Okay, so that might sound a little bit corporate-y, but um, the reality is it works really, really well to implement stuff. We use family meetings to revisit um, the family daily jobs agenda because when we get buy-in from our kids about what jobs um, they want to do, like whether it's mowing the lawn or the bins or the dishwasher or whatever it is, um, if they have been able to choose those, um, and it works for everyone else, as long as the jobs get done, then we have a much higher uh, rate of uh, people doing their things without being asked. So it's super awesome. So FMA, Family Meeting Agenda, there's a lot more detail about that inside the um, Courage Pillar of the Evolve School. But um, you have got enough there to have a think about how that could fit into your family life and solve this problem of needing to give your kid more information and support and them not being happy with the way you're doing it. So you have just heard uh, some simple ways you can address this problem of talking to your kid about body odor, underarm hair and pubic hair and them putting their fingers in 
their ears. But um, this information doesn't really do you much good unless you have the opportunity to practice these strategies in a safe and supportive environment. Now, I have been talking a lot about the Evolve School over the last few weeks because people, um, it only opens twice a year and people are often saying, when does the Evolve School open next? And I want to make sure you don't miss out on the opportunity to um, learn more about that. So uh, if you would like to put your name down on the list, simply to find out more and to find out when the doors open, head over to sarahsproul.com forward slash evolve or a link in my bio, or maybe there's a link somewhere around this episode of Sitting in the Car that you can click to find out more about that by putting your name down on the wait list. And that's Sitting in the Car for another week where I've answered a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who to respect themselves and the people around them, even if right now they've got their fingers in their ears and they're going, no, 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 and they don't want to hear about anything you say. Bye now. We start again, start again, start again. Okay, start again.